This is the Gary V Audio Experience. Cause we're gonna be What's up, my friend? Life is very good. It is indeed. So one of the things that I realize is a lot of people talk about not having enough time. But really what I've noticed, it's not necessarily time that's the rate limiting factor. It's inspiration, passion, fire, energy. That seems to be what's the what's the greatest limitation. Do you seem to find the same, or do you think that it's actual hard time? That, that well, I mean, you run into? look, hard time is real, mm-hmm. right? Twenty four hours in a day. I think it's real, but I think you're barking up the right tree, right? Which is, a lot of people ask me how much I sleep, and when I say six to seven hours, a lot of them get confused. You know, they they think that's too much, and I laugh because I always tell them it's not what I'm doing. Uh, other than what I'm doing when I'm awake, right? It's what you do in those 18 hours, not what you do in your rest time. And uh, I think that for me, I'm going 24-7, 365 hard on that 18 hours. You know, there's no time to watch a funny video on YouTube or things of that nature. And yeah, I think it's it's around determination and passion and being excited and I, I couldn't, you know, when I think back to being in school, how lazy I was, how much I it was because I didn't believe in it. And so now I understand when people don't believe in their job or what their entrepreneurial venture is, it makes sense to me that they're not grinding. For me, it, it's a foregone conclusion. I found my zone and I'm gonna go as hard as I can. So yeah, I, I, think, I think they're both right. You know, I think we all have relationships and you have families and there's all these things pulling at you. Um, but I always tell people like, I'm out of balance because if I wasn't, I would suffocate. Right? Like, I can't do the thing that you want me to do that's currently politically correct. I can't do nine to five. It's just not who I am. I'd be unhappy, and if I'm unhappy, then the whole thing's broken. Nobody's gonna do well if I'm in a bad spot, right? Not my family, not my friends, not my employees, not the people that rely on me. So, yeah, I, I can see where you're going with that. Yeah, I mean, when I'm when I'm on and fired up, my capacity is seems exponentially greater. Of course, it's like a, when it's a force when I'm dragging myself through and just doing it for, by some sense of having to do it rather than that kind of fire. Are there ways that you help people, you know, get? fired up for what they do? The only thing I think I do, and people, whether they watch my videos, I, I try to suffocate out and excuses, right? I, I feel like you've gotta attack the well, not the sink. Mm-hmm. I don't wanna give people a tactic. I don't wanna give them a thought or a five-step program or a hint. It's binary. Either you're in the right place or you're not. And so I think the thing that I'm trying to do is give people permission to do things that they want to be doing. And what I've come to realize through this journey uh, as I've started building an audience is the permission is not worrying about what the inner circle thinks. My big thing, my big revelation to myself is, oh, these people are worried what their mom is gonna say. Right. They're worried what their girlfriend's gonna say. They're worried what their their husband's gonna say. They're not doing things because they're worried about being judged. Robert Greene in his book Mastery calls those the counter forces. Makes you know, sense. Paying attention to the, these things in your inner circle that are gonna drive you based on their own fears and their own projections into something that you shouldn't do. My father wanted me to be a 
bond analyst or something yeah. like some some work in some Goldman Sachs type yeah. firm, you know, which would have been an absolute derailment of my career. Fortunately, you know, I had enough of my own resolve and personal practices. I was able to avoid that counterforce. But for some people, those can be too strong, and if they don't those things. I think that's what I'm trying to give. I'm trying to be everybody's shield to their inner circle by blaming me for it. I'm on this new kick like, (laughs) I just made a video this morning outside the airport. Point to this video and let me take the Everybody in the comments like, Grandma, come tell me I'm a face. You know, like it's fine. Like I can handle it. I'm trying to give people permission. So I think I think the one thing I'm trying to figure out is how to communicate through video, through audio, through written word. How do I communicate the at bat that I want everybody to have? Because when you're happy, you start getting into a funny place that I would call guilt. I'm in a funny place. I almost feel so grateful and so guilty that I'm doing this not only because I'm narcissistic and I like the attention, because that's real. I like the attention, that's real. Mm-hmm. But the impact's insane. I mean, if anybody could have the drug that I'm addicted to, which is the 100 emails a week of people telling you that their life is better because of you and that you've figured out that the way you communicate hits people, well now I'm like, oh, I have this, you know, it's like the comic book thing, like with great power, there's great responsibility. I'm like, okay, if I've got a style to manipulate people, most people go down a bat path, but I got lucky, I got great parents and great DNA, so let me get to the truth, and the truth is, your mom's you up. Yeah. And so like, if I can get in there and penetrate and say, hey, point to me, you know, I'm an immigrant, so every Asian, Indian, Eastern European, Latino immigrant, you know, parents are pushing education. And I'm out there getting D's and F's and doing my thing and they're like, can I, and I, I love it. Sometimes people email me, they're like, can you make a video for my dad? I'm like, yep. <laughs> Hello, Mr. Kajuka. Uh, you. Like, that's, you know, it's is like. It a generational <laughs> cultural thing? Of course. I mean, do you think yes. this will change? No. No. <laughs> Me- meaning, you mean we're going to be that, I mean, our generation well, listen, let's, that same let's, let's remember what's going to happen. We've lived through nine good years of an economy. Yeah. It's about to hit the fan. And you know what happens when. And when I say about to hit the fan, next year, the next year, tomorrow, three years from now, it, bull market, you know, they're, they're, you know they've Everything got. Everything has a career. 100%. So. As soon as it happens, you know what's gonna happen. Everybody goes to defense. Yeah. Everybody's an entrepreneur now. Yeah. It's really great to be an entrepreneur. It's really cool. Let me give you the steps you need to do. You need to open an Instagram account, and in your bio, you put CEO. <laughs> like, you know, super, super great. You know, I love how everybody's like, I'm an entrepreneur, I'm an entrepreneur. That's like me saying I'm a basketball player. <laughs> there's, you know, there's a difference between being paid to be a professional basketball player and doing the that you and I did a couple weeks ago in the right. gym where we were huffing and puffing, right? Yeah. Being an entrepreneur is awesome and I, I want everybody to try it or be romanced by it, but don't be delusional. There's only a few that actually win at the levels that everybody, you know, the watches and the private jets are for a small group and then there's only another group that's bigger that can actually afford to live their lives that way and you have to be mentally strong, it's scary, it's by yourself. I'm dying to see what happens when hits the fan because I want to first see who's really an entrepreneur, who's not. You know, who's willing to live in a studio apartment after they have to sell their fancy LA house because they overextended themselves. And now, are they gonna go work at Bank of America or are they gonna live super humbly 
in a studio with four of their homies instead of that awesome place yeah. with all the bikinis at the you know pool like like where you know and so who's going to grind and so I think that a lot of people look at entrepreneurship and this alternative that you and I were just talking about as a fun great thing it has been I'm just worried it's not self-sustaining. I know so many people that look like they're winning, but they're not. Because if their cash flow stops, which, oh, by the way, for 90% of them is raising capital. Yeah, yeah. Right, I mean, like, people aren't making money. And when the tide retracts, as it will, that capital's All of a sudden, your t-shirt company is not gonna be the next Supreme. Right, yeah, I mean, the, uh, the pinch, it, it, it seems like every successful entrepreneur you talk to has that pinch moment. That pinch moment where the forces of resistance mount up and then they test you to see if you're really for real. And then what happens is very simply, it's, whether it's for real or you've got it, it's just simple. I couldn't breathe doing anything else. Yeah. Like there's no alternative. I don't want the anything. I don't want a house and a car and another a boat. I just want to play the game. The luxury of no choice. I mean, that was something that the Spartans entrained in their troops, right? I mean, there was never give up, never surrender. It wasn't even an option. It, it didn't even play in their mind. Because when you have that quit as an option, when that's not part of your ethos that you don't quit or that's not part of who you are, then you'll torture yourself with that thought alone. And then, as we were talking earlier, that will slow you down. You know, the more that your mind can go, should I, shouldn't I, should I? When you're a clear yes, this is going to happen, it's way easier to move slowly. You know what's funny? You know what's funny? It's, I was listening to you carefully. Yes, it's gonna happen is something I'm, is, that I've been thinking a lot about, which is my definition, what I just said is, I don't know if it's gonna happen or not. It's just, I don't, I'd much rather run my own businesses and make 80,000 a year mm-hmm. than not and make a million a year. I just can't breathe. It's all I've ever known. That's the thing. I don't know how many people right now that call themselves founder, CEO, and entrepreneur. If I said, here's two million a year being a banker, right? Or here's 86,000 flinging your hats and t-shirts. I just think most of them take the two million, at least the ones I've been coming across the last three or four years. That's the difference. When I was 29, 28, and building this big liquor store in New Jersey, I was making $47,000 a year. I didn't have anything cool. I wasn't in the clubs in New York City. My friends who were working at Wall Street and Goldman and all those things, or consulting or other things, they were making 150, 200,000, and they were, right? And I was happy. Yeah. Too many people are envious. Right now the entrepreneur is the thing that so many envy. And I'm scared that when the market corrects, people are gonna be lost. I'm, I'm actually, you know, this whole last rant, the last five, six minutes, I just wanna clarify it. I'm not angry, I'm worried. I'm worried because a lot of these kids I have heart for. And they and they aren't on. They're not going to be successful entrepreneurs. Well, there's a there's a kind of factor that'll come into play. You know, a, a lot of if you look at um, evolutionary biologists, they'll they'll talk about the genetic bottleneck theory. Like some macro event will happen. A volcano will go off. Foliage will die. Plant. You know, animal species will decrease. And then that winnows the human population down to the strongest, the savviest, the most creative. And then those people start collaborating and working together. In the case of evolutionary biology, they start breeding. And that advances the human race. In some respects, this 
you know, tide, should it come, will actually focus the people who are really cut I out totally agree. clear out the path. And then what's going to come next at the next boom is gonna be another evolution. 100%. Uh, by the way, I'm pumped. <laughs> I'm, right. I'm worried because I have feelings for 26-year-old Charlie who's a nice kid. I'm thrilled because the game is the game, the market is the market, and that's the way it should be. Mm-hmm. And then I'm selfishly thrilled because I've built two businesses during times and I'm more comfortable being a wartime general than anything else. I want carnage. I want to be forced into restructuring my company. I want to be crafty and evolve through the minefields. I don't like all this, you know, C minus players thinking they're legit and enjoying the fruits of the game. That's when I feel broken. Yeah, or even I mean even for me, I, there's a sense of there's a sense of bloating that can come when the success is too 100%. easy, right? Where I, I have projects that are going that probably I should cut if I was 100%. ruthless enough and I needed to. And that feeling, the austerity of having the world collapse down upon you, you know, certain people with that stoic mentality, you see that force of resistance say, "Oh, great, there's a dragon. Now the hero can come out." You know, without a dragon there are no heroes, right? Like the well, hero needs now, these I mean, things look. Now this is why I disrespect anybody who's a Patriots fan that doesn't live in Boston or from Boston. <laughs> That's just the quickest tell that you're not a hero. That's the quickest tell that you need some other force to give you self-esteem. Sure. Like I love losing. I love being a Jets and Knicks fan. I love the climb. I need that dragon all the time. I manifest it. Yeah. I'm so up, I make up fake problems just because it's not interesting. Yeah. I mean it. When I won in the wine game, I moved to this thing. And like my biggest fear is that VaynerMedia is becoming the clear-cut winner of this new de- digital social agency. And I'm like, I can even feel it in my body already. I'm like, this is bad because once everybody succumbs to this truth, then it's not fun anymore. Then I've got to find a different dragon. Well, it sounds like you you probably have a lot of dragons that you're looking at. There's there's smogs living, there's, underneath, yeah. living underneath your middle earth but, that you're gonna come steal some but, jewels but, from. But you know what? This is what's interesting to me. This is the thing I'm trying to dissect. Who's in it because they're in it? And who's in it because it's the trend? And let's not get it twisted. There's an enormous amount of people listening even to this podcast right now that are in it because it's on trend. And by the way, it's easy. You can say you're a rapper or an athlete, but you can easily see that you're not by the actions of that. Entrepreneurship is hidden. Entrepreneurship is kind of like you say it on your gram account and then you kind of can look the part. You can go to the parties. You can go to the conferences. Like you can trick it way more right. than a lot of other things. And, um, and so I'm saying this very carefully. Listen to me. If you know deep down that you're being exposed by this rant, here's a smart move. Before the world collapses, go figure out who you think is actually gonna survive that. Who are the wartime generals? Let me remind a lot of you. The 84th employee at Facebook is gonna make much more money than the founder of almost every company that's gonna be invented over the next five decades. So the one advantage is the access to these winners that you've never seen before. So if you are listening right now and saying, you Gary, like I've got this, I'm gonna do it, then do it. Stick it to my face, I can't wait to get the email from you five, six, seven, eight years from now. But if you're listening and saying, mm, it's true, because I wasn't into being a businessman or woman when I was a junior in high school, right? I was gonna be this, I was gonna be an architect, I was gonna go to Harvard, I was gonna be a banker. If that's you, give a real thought to this because 
We've seen this in 2001 and 2008. It is very ugly and it's a 10 year, seven year, five year step back. Or you could take advantage of the window we're in right now and take advantage of the fruitful times and the access to these A plus generals and I would jump on those boats if I were you. Yeah. Why not? What is the place for that fake it till you make it kind of, kind of paradigm? You know, I think it's cool internally. I think it's externally. Mm-hmm. Like, like you're losing too much when you fake it till you make it with the A players of the universe. Mm-hmm. Like nobody's tricking me. Right. Like I know you bought your fans. Your engagement blows. <laughs> like you know, like 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 I I think fake it till you make it. Look. Being confident, if you roll up and mean like I'm 23, I'm starting a, a sock company and I'm gonna win, that's different than saying I'm already winning or this, that, and the other thing. Or it's the a matter event, of authenticity, I guess. You know how many people are like, hey Gary, I'm friends with your boy, da da da. I check. Yeah. I'm like, yo, you, you friends with this kid? They're like, he rolled up at me at South by, like, I think faking to you make it fakes losers and makes you lose with winners. So really what you're saying is instead of fake it till you make it, believe in yourself. A hundred percent. Believe in yourself, portray that belief because that's authentic, that's real. Because now we're in an age where inauthenticity is going to get, it's gonna get exposed. I'm not running around and saying I'm part owner of the Jets and soon I'm just gonna buy the rest. I'm saying I wanna try to buy the Jets. I'm gonna buy the Jets, that's different. But you have a lot of people that are just like getting into fake news and like really like just making up and saying like, oh, my, your boy, you know, he confirmed that he's gonna be an investor. And like, again, people, the amount of kids that have ruined their brand with so many of the winners that I know is staggering to me. And that has been during good times. It's gonna get way worse. So I don't know, I, I think fake it to your make it internally. You know, trick yourself that you got it, that's good. I like the delusional yeah, the positive, thing. Yes, positive yes, yes, and, you know, blind really, faith, yeah. blind faith. But when you start putting that out to the world, now you're fronting, now you're and you're losing equity with the people that you want to. Again, I always tell people, you're tricking losers. Like the kids that are getting tricked and you're the man and you're the woman and like you're winning, like they're, 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 you know, that's not who you want to be winning over. Yeah. And then you come to the big leagues and you get exposed and then that trickles. I mean, it's unbelievable. I think people would be stunned by how much people talk um, at the levels that you want to be at and you need to be careful when you come into those circles. Yeah. One of the other motivational factors that you touched on is the impact that you're having on other people. Mm. That's something when I coach other people too, I say you can get exhausted if all you're doing is focused on yourself. If you're focused mm. on what your mission will do to the things that you love, including yourself, but beyond yourself as well, you'll have a lot more fire and a lot more passion to do it. I think it's an important part of the why. I think a lot of people would be stunned how, how much money I leave on the table every day. Um, because my number one KPI is how many people show up to my funeral. The end. Period, end of story. And there's nothing even remotely close. The whole ambition for the New York Jets is a distant second and all the short-term stuff. They've got a lot of the Vayner Sports guys here, people, people I meet on the street about Vayner Sports. Like, they're, like, I don't think people understand. Like, I, I don't care about that. Like, I really don't give a about money and now person listening is like, oh easy for you to say, no. You've gotta go look at what my life was. Like when I was building Wine Library, I didn't care either. You know, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28 year old dudes, when they built a $45 million business, don't tend to pay themselves $40,000. They don't because they know that those dollars can get them what they want, girls, fun. I, I am obsessed with my legacy 
which means I'm trying to give more than I'm taking on a daily basis, plus I know I'm good enough to get mine without taking from somebody else. So I'm running a marathon. My only vulnerability, my kryptonite, is being regretful in my 70s or 80s when I have less in the tank and I might say, oh, I left too much on the table. And that's something I think a lot about. Yeah. I, I think a lot about being 80, 90, and saying, hmm, you know, it wouldn't have been a bad idea to take a little more. Um, but I'm hopeful that doesn't transpire because I think so far I feel very confident that both are gonna get theirs, right? Yeah. I'm gonna get mine and the people that interact with me are gonna get theirs from me. And I think that has a lot to do with why I put out so much content. Most of the people at least that you want to do business with and work with, they're gonna have that innate sense of if you give, they're going to feel you know, compelled to give back. We had that conversation about an influencer meetup just now. It's, it's a universal law that most people feel. And so if you abide by and believe in that law and treat people that way, give first, let me, uh, and just trust. Let me give everybody who's listening right now the one little piece that makes that system work and it's a rare trait. I don't know if you can develop it, but if you can, you should. Here's the big one. That's exactly right, my man, comma, when somebody lets you down, you can't spend a second on it. If you're gonna give and you're gonna expect nothing in return, I've got big news for you. A lot of people are gonna give you nothing in return. (laughs) You have to be mentally in a place. It's insane to me how little somebody lets me down. I helped somebody get into a deal. It was closed. I reopened the deal, got them in. They made millions of dollars on a $50,000 investment. A Couple years later, my second book came out. I said, yo bro, can you buy a bunch? I'm just trying to sell as many as possible. Dude had nothing for me. I made millions (laughs) of dollars. Other people I met one time, one time, and they were buying hundreds. Everybody's different, but I would tell you, it was stunning to me how much it didn't bother me. I took note, because I knew I could tell this story one day, right? And I knew that it would be a great lesson. But it un- it was, I was unfazed, because that's just the way it is. You can't, you can't live by giving without expecting anything in return, and then knowing. I always tell people, karma is practical. Yeah. This is practical. Like, do the right thing, it's just gonna work out. Especially what people don't understand. You know what I prefer? I like doing the right thing and actually having them say good things about me behind my back even if I don't get what looks like the deal in front of me. Because life is long. And so, yeah man, I agree with you, but for example, my dad's the other way. My dad could never play that game. He's so, he's a, he's so let down by people. His, yeah. He wants his employees to care more about his liquor store than he does. It's insane. I tell him, I'm like, Dad, they wouldn't work for you if they, like, it, he, he's not practical about it. And it, I struggle with it and I, uh, and I try to get him there, but this is a hard wiring thing. For me, my whole game works because I expect nothing. And I mean nothing from nobody, zero. Not my mom, not my dad. The biggest reason I went into my family liquor store business, I didn't want to go into it because I didn't want people to say, oh, your dad had a liquor store. I did it because I wanted to pay back the dues that my parents did by coming to America and making us a middle class family by having a local liquor store. Reciprocity at work. Reciprocity at work. So I think that, um, yeah man, I'm a big buyer of that. I'm just worried a lot of people on the other line don't understand you've got to check your feelings at the door and if you're giving, Without expectation, that means pay attention without expectations. I think that's incredibly important because when you go the other way, then you start to get let down by people and then that starts to erode your mission to help other people because you'll start looking, you'll take a specific case example, someone will do something 
up to you and you'll be like, you oh, project people it. are f***ed up, right? Rather than, oh, this person made a mistake because they I, were selfish I, or whatever. I tell all my homies, I'm like, that's because you're a loser. I tell them <laughs> that. I go, you're a losing player. Yeah. If you need somebody else to do something for you to get yours, you're already broken. I was telling you in there, I was like, in everything I do, nobody can have leverage. And that's how my whole life is. Nobody's got leverage over me because I just don't want to live that way. Yeah. Like, why? Like, why put yourself in that position? If you're good enough, you don't need it. And everybody talks a big game, and then they need somebody else to do something to have them win. I just don't believe in that. We all need people, we need help, we need breaks, we need luck, I believe in all that. Like, I hate when people, like, there's, of course, there's moments in time, like, the internet came along at the right time for me, right? Like, I don't know, like, is that luck, is that timing? We all have that. But to put yourself in a position when you rely on somebody else, or worse, and this is the one that drives me bat crazy. The amount of people that want to do nice things for me because then they want to hold it over me for something else, you can taste that from a mile away. Sure. Like I know you're trying to do that. And the, the funniest thing, people are crazy too. People are like, hey, I'll give you this free t-shirt. All right, now you, you should invest a million dollars into my business. Like they're, they're not even like normal trades, right? Well, the, the one that I love is people saying that they'll buy me a cup of coffee. Yeah, I'm going to buy you dinner. I'm like, cool. I'm like, Listen, I'm like you man, better buy 10 restaurants. I, make coffee like I have unlimited supply of coffee I have a keg on tap in my like what are you offering me you know quick, quick coffee? quickest way to get a delete out of my inbox and it happens 15 times a day the titled I'm gonna help you buy the New York Jets that's the quickest tell that you're not <laughs> yeah yeah that makes perfect sense um, one of the things that I've noticed with you that, I, and I've done business with a lot of, a lot of people with big podcasts and big followings, and 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 one thing I noticed with you is you're a believer like I am in leaving meat on the bone, and I've been surprised with dealings with other people, and usually those dealings fall through when they're unwilling to, leave, they just carve it to the very <laughs> precipice where it's just at that 50-50, maybe you both are taking a little loss kind of kind of spot, and it just, it boggles my mind why they have to push it there when they when there is abundance, when there's plenty of meat for both sides, but they push it to that infinite level, and, and in that quick conversation with you, it was an easy, immediate yes, because it was recognizing abundance and saying, hey, let's both eat. Well, you know what was funny about that was we went right to the punchline, right? I was like, look, yeah. this matters to me. I know what matters to you. And like, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, look, I just genuinely believe in 5149. I'm desperate to try to do more for the other person. Yeah. I'll be honest with you. I think it's leverage. Yeah. I, I like it. I like being in that power position. I don't want to be uh, on the hook for something. And so it just works on so many ways. Number one, I don't have to think about it. Imagine having to think about owing people. That's exhausting. Number two, the person feels great, to your point. Even the biggest of the biggest are always trying to carve too much for themselves so people can taste it. So you took note of that, right? So then you already feel good. It makes it easy. It's like light on your chest. Like, it's just right. It's recognizing the long game, too. Because, all right, it's building relationships. carve out a little bit extra for you in the immediate, but in the long term, you know, it just leaves that sour taste and it allows the grounds for that relationship to, to dissipate. You said something that just triggers something in my mind. The other thing is, I try not to jam with people that I don't think are going to be there at the finish line. Mm -hmm. So if I already think you're going to be a winner, like it makes so much more sense to have a 53 year relationship. You know, it's funny. I, I don't know if you guys watch all these documentaries or like stuff, but I was I'm so 
I always am so, so fascinated when two guys, two gals are sitting there like, we've known each other for 62 years, right? You just see that thing. I'm always into that. Like every time, I'm, I'm an optimist. Every time I meet somebody, I'm thinking forever. Yeah. I'm thinking one of the two of us is coming to the other person's funeral. Like I think that way. And so, yeah, I'm trying to build relationships. Yeah, I think that's such a key because some people, you know, I, I describe it with the analogy the difference between a squirrel and a bear, right? A squirrel's out trying to get as many nuts as he can. And the analogy for humans, that's money. Try and get as much, as many nuts as they can, bury it, put it in your bank account, bury it in a hole in the case, and, and hope that no animal comes and digs it up, the taxes, the lawyers, yep. whatever, the erosion. And then there's the bear that consumes as much as they can and leaves it on its body. And to me, being the bear means forging these connections. Because then it's like Willie Nelson. When Willie Nelson ran out of money and the IRS went to go take his ranch and take everything, he had so many good connections. Within a day, people were like, hey, Willie, we'll take care of your ranch payments. Like, no problem. Because he forged something that was beyond, that someone no one could take. They couldn't take that away from him. Just like you can't take the bear's fat away from him. You know, it's not burying money in little holes. It's building something that's a part of you. And those are the connections that you form. No matter, if Onnit got crushed, you know, tomorrow, I'll be fine because I've done... You know, I've done right by absolutely every person I've dealt with. I've given, I've given my time, my heart, my services, in every relation. So we could just start something else. We'd be on it too, whatever. What, what I'm worried about is there's a lot of people listening right now and saying, okay, easy for you guys to say. And what I always tell these kids is, you don't understand, that's how we got to that place. Yeah. You know, like everyone's like, easy for you, easy for you. Like, I just, I'm just fascinated by people's lack of patience. Like I didn't even, you know, and I know we live in a social media world and everybody's getting all these things flashed at them, but it's crazy. I'll never forget the day I started working full time in the liquor store, I was 22, and I remember saying to myself, literally, literally the first day, like I've been working in the stores for eight years since I was 14, but this is it, I'm done with college. I actually worked a little few hours when I drove home from college my last day, but the next day was the first day. It was so weird. I hated school my whole life. And that was it. Like I walked into the liquor store and I never had to go to school again. It was like crazy. It was the best day of my life. And I'll never forget, I remember saying, okay, I'm not gonna say a word for the next decade. I'm not gonna talk to my friends. This is real. And I didn't. My high school and college friends are very weirded out by me. <laughs> I like I like just went in a cocoon and I just worked every minute. And I didn't even think about popping out until I was 32. Not a word. Not a peep, not a party, nothing. And now, I've got kids emailing me like, Gary, thank you so much, I love your videos, you inspire me when I'm super down, I almost gave up last week. Yeah, I've been doing my new business for about four months and I hit a real wall. I'm like, what's the matter with you? <laughs> four months, you, have, you didn't hit a wall, you haven't even gotten out the gate. <laughs> you, you're, not even, you're not even in the car. You're like still sleeping in your bed. I, I just really wanna push patience and the long game all this relationship talk you and I have been doing, squirrel, bear, all that, it's all long game. Yep. You're either playing for life or you're playing for the few minutes ahead of you. And again, this keeps going back over and over in my mind to what other people think. Too many people right now, I mean, social media has become the place where everybody is a PR agent of themselves. Let's call it what it is, right? I just said there's a bunch of dudes in here. That's the first big head nod. Everybody just head nod. You're PRing yourself. 
And I get it. You know, like I get people want, you know, to hook up and to have fun. I get everything. I get it. But it is creating ungodly short-term behavior, which is not allowing people to really win the game. I was part of the early phase of this, right? I started a YouTube show four months after YouTube came out. There was nobody there. Like, there was no social media. There was MySpace, but if you remember, people went to your wall, right? It was a different loop. So, yeah, man, I've just had like one comment. Like, weird. (laughs) You know, like, like, like there was, you know, and now what's happening is not only are we addicted to the feedback, but we're crippled. I mean, it's unbelievable to me to watch my friends get 83 good comments and one person says they're fat or they're dumb or it's stupid and they dwell and they dwell on this and this is why I keep getting back to this thought of how do you get insular and know what you're doing for yourself, mm-hmm. for yourself. You know, Ivan Drago, right? Last scene, like he loses and he's like, yeah, he's saying, I did this for myself, not for the premiere, not for the Soviet Union. I was in the ring for myself and it's a funny scene. I was born in Russia. I love the Rocky movies. I love America way more than the Soviet Union. So. Maybe it sticks with me, but there's something about that scene, right? Everybody knows Drago for the famous scene, like, I'll break you. For me, it was when he was in the ring, and it's like, for myself. And that's how I feel. Like, I just don't give a f- what anybody thinks. And I mean, not my kids, not my parents, not my wife. Now, I equally care so much of how they view me and what they think of me. It's pulling from opposite directions. But you gotta start with yourself, because when you're actually allowing other people to get in, you're vulnerable. I remember the first time I kind of burst onto the public scene, I went on Rogan's podcast and had on it and started to attract some negative feedback. Yeah. Really in my life I've lived a way where I've, I got very little of that, you know, and I was exposed to very little of that. And this kind of wash of it was very challenging for me. So I reached out to my homie Bodie Miller at the time who helped me start mm-hmm. on it. And he, if, for people who don't know, in the Torino Olympics, he was supposed to win. He was Everything. a boy on yep. time. And he did what Bodie does. Bodie enjoys his life and he <laughs> skis, right? But people took that as he wasn't taking it seriously. Sure. So he had, they have some kind of rating system in, uh, in sports agencies. And he actually had a lower rating than OJ after he finished his trial, right? <laughs> so like people, he was getting death threats. People yeah, were really I remember. I was like, man, how did you deal with it? He's like, listen, my whole life, the only thing I care about is my, is my judgment of myself. Did I give it my best? Did I do what I know I can do? Because there's going to be people who compliment you when you don't deserve it. And there's going to be people who, you know, tear you down when you don't deserve it. But if you know, only you know, really what you committed, and then judge yourself accordingly to that. Let me, let me get a little practical here because I think you and I have similar vibes and so that can get very heady, right? It's really up in the cloud. And, and by the way, that's the punchline. Like this is a mental game. Like there's just nothing else. But let me get real practical. Let me give you a couple things that I, I really want to leave people with stuff that, you know, I've been putting out a lot of shit for the last five or six years and I'm starting to see the themes of what's actually working. Here's a big one. If you're not feeling it, find new friends. I'm being dead serious about this. This one is real big for me. Who you hang out with is a huge deal. And again, these are all tried and true things, right? We've heard the you're the whatever of the five friends you spent. Like, that's real. That's, that one, put in the bank. Like, if you're not feeling it, 
you need to go to meetup.com and go to 10 meetups of people that are hungry. Like it's unbelievable what happened to me when I got into the Silicon Valley world and started meeting like Mark Zuckerberg and like Ev Williams and Sock and like Travis. Like it changed my life. This town, actually it's fun for me to tell this story here. South by Southwest 2007 changed my life because I hung out, I forced myself to go to a Web 2.0 which later became social media, the current state of the internet conference, South by Southwest and I was looking and all these kids, and by the way, this is when tech wasn't cool, straight nerds, but they were trying to change. They weren't here for kicks and giggles. They weren't here to hook up. They were here to like change the world. Like I'm gonna build a product that is gonna be in every single person's hand, like, and they have. Like the Twitters and the Facebooks and the Ubers, they did. And, and, I, and I, it was the biggest impact of my career and it's something I think a lot about now. So anyway, real practical. If you feel motivated by this conversation or you're intrigued by it, add one new winner friend. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Add 100%. one new winner friend and cut one loser friend. Like, yeah, I know he's been your boy since fourth grade, but he sits at home and smokes weed and plays 2K all day. <laughs> like, you can only love him so much. I, I always challenge people too because everybody will do that with their romantic interests, right? They're always hunting and pursuing and they got online dating apps and they're looking for this Swipe for into the sexual left. relationship. Swipe to the right. But, but with friends, it's just like, oh yeah, it's just like it's default. It's who your right. friends were. You never cut anyone. Like you'll break up with a girl if she's bad with you. But a friend, you feel like you can't break up with a friend. You know, and it's this weird paradigm where it's like, oh yeah, they're just my friends. That, that's going to I was like with that, this bad right? female entrepreneur the other day and she's such a ninja, she does it and it's changed her life. And the way she broke it down, I was like, okay, like, I just believe in it. I believe it. So anyway, you know, again, we're pontificating high level Your brain might not be there. Here's something real. Go home, cut one, cut your loserous loser friend and go find a winner friend. Go like, go somewhere, go somewhere, like go to, like go, go to meetup.com, go to a Facebook group, join some DM the 800 people that you think are, make sure they're not, uh, they're like doing what you want and just make one new friend. I see it, like DRock, like he's right, like it's unbelievable to watch my team, like they get faster, they get smarter, they get more confident, right? It's real, man, it's real. Confidence and like hunger gets passed on to each other. It's like team dynamics, it's why like a great player that can team up, like go audit your circle, add one more winner, decrease one more loser. And you can still do it with love. You don't have to be rude to that person, but you just have to have the discretion. You have to be, you know, your own best coach. You know, you have to put yourself in positions to win and just, you know, do it with love. It's not breaking up. It's like, yo, I just can't come over four times a week. Totally. Like, no, I don't want to be on the fifth softball team. (laughs) Like, four softball teams is enough. Obligation in general (laughs) people up. By the way, let's get to the punchline. Or, good. Like that's your life, yeah. or good, or be that guy. Yeah. Just don't complain. My big, th- I had like I think about this in both ways. You you want more money and more stuff? Work, work more. Like like work more. But like then I have the flip. I have all these friends. They're like doing great, crushing millions of dollars, tens of millions of dollars, and they'll sit there and they'll be like, oh man, like I wish I spent. I wish I had more time for my kids. I'm like, you have thirty eight million dollars in cash in your bank. I'm like. Don't PR me. Go and spend time with your kids. 
Yeah. Like I just I just don't like complaining. Like you can do anything. You can go to you can go to 365 birthdays a year. You could be on 37 softball teams. <laughs> you can make four dollars. You can make four trillion dollars. My big thing is don't complain. You're in control. Only two people. I've been saying this a lot. I believe in it. There's only two groups of people that listen to you complaining. A, the ones that have to. Your mom, right? The two or three closest relatives you have. And then B, your other loser friends. <laughs> right, like the other one's like, yeah, the man. Like, yeah, Trump's holding me back. Yeah, Obama's holding me back. Yeah, It's, it's comfortable come- because then they don't have to put themselves out there. As People don't want to take responsibility. I love that everything's my fault. Anything happens at VaynerMedia that's broken, my fault. You know why? I hired the person. Yep. Like, yeah, I get it that Sally's a face. Guess what? I hired her. And that's any leader. That's, any leader that's any the, leader steps up and says, okay, my bad. And not for kicks and giggles, not because it looks good, not because it sounds fun on a podcast, because it's true. Yep, 100%. It's been beautiful wrapping with you. This was fun, man. I'm looking forward to a lot of cool things we're going to create in the future. I can't wait. Wish yep. everybody good health. See ya. Indeed. Much love. Hey, guys, thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Uh, I really, really, really hope you loved it. Uh, as you guys know, I try to bring it every single day. Uh, so whether you're walking a dog, uh, running on the treadmill, or traveling on a plane, I hope it brought a little value or escapism for you. And I'm here to talk to you about the thing that I'm most excited about, which is the Gary V Wine Club for $55 a month delivered. No shipping charge. $55 delivered. You either get one, two, three, or four bottles of wine. For some of you that don't know, that is the industry I grew up in. I was once known as a wine expert. And what I've been doing is getting back in the game, tasting hundreds of wines each month to narrow it down between one and four bottles so that I can send it to you and send you over $100, $150, $200 worth of value each month. If you go to the hashtag Gary V Wine Club on Instagram, you can see the insanity brewing. I'm really excited about it. And to be very frank, I'm just so proud of the club. Like the first, you know, somebody just emailed me this morning actually. There was a Shatniff to pop. That's how we roll. A Shatniff to pop in the first October month, the first month we did it, that the guy just literally saw in a liquor store for $67 just for that bottle. And it was one of the three bottles. So super excited about it. Buy one for your dad, your best friend, your boss. I will not let you down. And most of all, each month, There is a video and audio supplement of me tasting the wines that you can taste along, build your palate, or entertain one of your buddies. The greatest gift for the holiday season in the history of mankind, the Gary Vee Wine of the Month Club, $55 delivered. Go sign up now to winelibrary.com slash Gary Vee. Gary V-E-E.